Soil grows plants, plants produce seeds, seeds produce plants, plants die, dead plants are broken down to make rich soil. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. As a registered Maine guide and an environmental educator, I have made it a point to keep my Wilderness First Responder certification up to date and those associated skills well-practiced in the event of a wilderness emergency. Last fall, I enrolled in a Wilderness First Responder recertification class at Unity College. The first class was a Friday night, so after work and a long drive, I pulled into the campus and walked down the familiar halls of the science building to the class to refresh my memory on all things wilderness medicine. The night drew late, my mind belabored with various acronyms like ABCs, CPR, and PEARLS, and the first night of the course concluded. I hopped back in my car and found my way to my lodging in a nearby city. These wilderness medicine courses never prepared me for what I would witness that night in Waterville, Maine. I stepped out of my car, stretched my stiff back, and grabbed my books and my duffel. I heard a rustle of leaves, the flick of a wing against a dry leafless branch, and a caw. I turned around just in time to see the hair-raising silhouette of a nighttime murder. A murder of crows, that is roosted in the street trees for the night. In November, American crows congregate in vast, eerie numbers to roost all across their range. Why a group of American crows is called a murder is perhaps anyone's guess, for this term is so old it is chronicled in fairy tales and folklore. As such, there are many colorful rationales for this grim name that all seem to stem from the fact that crows are opportunistic scavengers, so wherever there is death, there is often a group of crows not too far off. Perhaps the most creative explanation for groups of crows being called murders is that it was once believed that crows would congregate together in vast groups to noisily debate and decide the capital fate of one of their kin. All folklore aside, as the icy fingers of winter begin creeping their way across our landscape in November, the murders amass. Crows are both highly intelligent and highly social. For instance, crows will mate for life and can live in the wild for up to 20 years. So from a social perspective, these gatherings are akin to our human family reunions or formal rendezvous of fur trappers of old. These gatherings can help renew relationships and spread information and resources. Additionally, November also happens to be the month that our northern broad-leaved deciduous trees are finally bare of leaves, meaning that roosting crows that were once concealed among the verdant canopies are now revealed and vulnerable to predation by such nighttime predators as great horned owls. When gathered together in large flocks, however, crows gain the advantage by safety in numbers. I have noticed these murders congregating in the outskirts of various urban landscapes this time of year. Here in Maine, a few of these hotspots are on the west side of the Penobscot River, seen via the I-395 bridge in Bangor, and around the vicinity of Exit 130 on I-95 in Waterville. In these places, the crows will roost in the street trees and forest edges. These areas are often perfect for these gatherings, for the expanse of paved parking lots tends to noticeably warm the surrounding area by several degrees, and there are abundant food sources, like dumpsters full of trash, where the whole flock can dine together. So the next time you find yourself witness to a murder most foul, F-O-W-L that is, in the darkened edges of our northern cities, 
Rest assured that these feathered phenomena have everything to do with social bonding, safety, and companionship, and rarely has anything to do with death. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) ¶¶